Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. and welcome to episode 51 of the Communication Coach podcast. Hope you're having a great day, whatever you're doing, and welcome to this episode. And today we're going to talk about trust and mainly about why trust matters. Now, as a negotiator in my previous life, I've always known that trust was very important. And actually, if you look at the relationships that you have every day with your family and friends, you know the people that you trust, perhaps trust with your life perhaps trust with all your secrets, or those people that will look out for you. So those people that you'll go to if you want to be heard without judgment and who will give you honest opinion, and you trust that opinion. And I was thinking about, well, how do we actually form this trust? So in the world, there is something called the behavior change model or the behavior change staircase, and it talks about trust. So we, we, we make that initial contact with somebody. We have our first meeting with somebody in life, whether it's we're introduced through friends, whether we make contact through the internet now or through work, however that is. And we automatically form an opinion about that person. We form that opinion very quickly and we'll form that opinion based on what is important to us about our values and beliefs, what we feel is the right thing to do and this can be in a, in a variety of things and we generally like people who are like us and we know that through psychology that we warm to people who display the same sort of values system that we do or use the same sort of language or have similar experiences and we warm to them and then we can start to build a relationship with them after that first impression and then we start to get in rapport and we start to have conversations and chats. We might go out for a drink or we might speak to them at work. We might work with them. And I'm, g- I'm going to come back to uh, London being very different from some of the rest of the world or the rest of the country even. And we'll talk a little bit more about that because uh, I've just reminded myself about something that happened yesterday. But we then start to build that relationship and then we get to trust. And when we really trust people that's when we can help them. That's when we can help them solve their problems. Remember, though, when we're solving the problem, it's about them, not us, and not solving it from our perspective, but from their perspective. And we can start to influence and persuade. So if you are a marketer or if you're a leader, uh, even a parent who would like to influence and persuade their child, remember you have to build that trust before you are able to do any of that persuasion and influence. And it's interesting because as a step-parent, and perhaps you can relate to this. I don't know if you are a step parent or a parent or you have a child of some sort in your life or a younger person even in your life. But sometimes I think as parents or as adults, we automatically expect we're going to get that trust. And I remember when I first met my partner and Megan and Megan was six and I was 44. And I remember that they were moving house and they were renovating the house. And I thought it'd be a great idea to make dinner for them. You know, this would show Meg that I was this caring person, this caring parent figure coming into her life and that I could be trusted. So I arrived with this chicken stew that I'd made, you know, thinking, well, look at me, how awesome am I? Uh, Put it on the side in the kitchen and, and I'll never forget, Meg walked in and she looked at me, she was only tiny, big blue eyes, mop of blonde hair. And she said, what's that? I said, that's dinner. She said, no, but what is it? And I said, it's chicken stew. To which point she said, well, I don't like that and walked straight out. Now, 
for me, that lesson learned there <laughs> was that the expectation, you know, for me as an adult is, well, the kid's just going to trust me because I'm the adult. Nuh-uh-uh. You have to earn that trust and build that trust, whether that is with another adult or whether that's with a child or a young person. It doesn't just happen. And I always remember negotiating with people in crisis and that was such a important factor to have somebody's trust because if you don't have the trust, then how, how am I going to influence or ask you to come off the roof? How am I going to ask you not to take your own life? If I'm working with a, a family a, of a victim of crime, how am I going to win their trust so that they come to me with information or they feel free and comfortable to speak to me about something that might have happened that they're you know sometimes we don't tell everybody everything because we only show what we want people to see let me explain a little bit more about that I was having so yesterday let me tell you a little bit about yesterday yesterday I was working with some middle managers for the NHS um, I was working for a, a private company who are doing a coaching diploma and we were talking about communication and there are some really interesting points that I learned from that one about myself one about you know I've been thinking very clearly about purpose and the why I've been listening to Simon Sinek's book it starts with why and also Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers both really good books which I would highly rec- recommend and, and taking bits of information from there and learning about myself you know why do I get out of bed why am I running those businesses and I think I've probably hit my why now I think that I genuinely know that my purpose or my big why is to make a difference in people's lives whichever way that is and to make those lives better so for me to be teaching communication yesterday was making a difference by showing people a a, a different way of communicating sharing my knowledge and experience with them to help them become better leaders I believe to become better leaders and we were having some interesting conversations which is great which is why one of the reasons I love teaching because there's so much information in the room as well and we learn from each other as a group of people so I'll always come away from a a teaching event having learnt some valuable lessons and some of the things we talked about yesterday were trust and about communication and about values and we also talked that's why I was talking about London because we were talking about some of the people that had come to the training day had traveled from uh, the northeast and come down to London and they were talking about the difference in culture and we're talking about in London to build trust. You probably, I remember traveling on the train and the bus. I used to get the same bus every morning to the train station to get to work. And it was only after probably five, six, seven times of traveling on the same bus with the, the same lady. So you, you get on the bus, you don't know anybody. You get on the bus the next day, you start to smile. Perhaps there are a few people that you recognize and, and so on and so on. And then you end up sitting next to somebody and talking to them. And we would have a conversation on our journey probably for about two or three years we did you know she just lived down my road and we would share experiences because we had that bond of traveling the same journey together and living in a similar place together so we were able to have that in common and one of the girls is from Liverpool originally and she now lives in London and in London you know you go on you don't really talk to people sometimes you do depending on where you live and also the sort of person so that's a real generalization but in general the journeys are quiet and she said she got on the bus when she went home to see her family in Liverpool and as soon as she got on the bus somebody started asking her loads of questions and was interested in striking up a conversation and she was like why are you talking to me you don't know me we don't have anything in common why are you talking to me so it's interesting how different cultures 
also have that different way of sort of first impressions, first interaction, building a relationship with somebody and then perhaps having a very early trust because you happen to be in the same location, which I think is really interesting, especially from a Londoner's point of view. And now I live in a little village where people always talk to each other and you walk down the street and everybody stops and you say hello and you just share conversation. So I found that interesting from that different perspective and also how they were talking about being leaders and building trust. And it reminded me of when I was in the, in the Met Police and the commissioner at the time was Sir John... No, it was uh, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Not Sir John Stevens, he was before. Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. And there was a lot of change being implemented in the Met at the time. A lot of change. And there was a lot of resistance to that change. There was a lot of mistrust from leaders there was a lot of rumors going around about the regime that he was creating a bullying regime was the rumor and i'm not saying that's true and i'm not saying it's not true i'm just saying that's what the rumor was at the time and i remember reading something that he'd put out and thinking the problem i believe is that you don't have the trust so you're asking for an implementation of big change that's going to affect a lot of people's lives here but you haven't got the trust to do it so I don't, I don't know whether you know this or whether you don't know this because you're so high up in the chain, but you don't have the trust of the people. So I made a decision that I would email him directly. Um, but I didn't have much, much more service to go. I would never, I'm not normally somebody that would email the commissioner directly about anything, but sometimes you get to a stage in life where you think, well, actually, I don't have anything to lose. And that's obviously my impression. He, he might well say, well, you should have emailed me directly. And other people would have said, perhaps you should have done. But just at the time, that's what I felt. So I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to email him. So I emailed him and I said, I don't think you've got the trust of the people that you want to make the change. And these are the reasons why. And I talked about building trust and having uh, relationships with people and how important that, that was. And that actually, if you want a smooth change to happen, then people will do it if they trust you. Um, well, they'll do it for themselves, but they, the trust will come into it. So when you implement a lot of ch change, sometimes it's very difficult. I know that I'm implementing a lot of change at the moment with my businesses. We're constantly changing. I'm constantly reviewing what's happening to find the sort of pattern, to find the traction whereby we will consistently make a profit month after month and I can pay the, the team the wages that they deserve and look after the customers and all those things that come with running a business. Now, I don't know if my team trusts me. I hope they do, but obviously that's that's down to me. And perhaps a qu that is a question actually that I'll take away from this podcast is to ask my team, do you trust me? Do you trust the decisions that I'm making? That will be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I'm smiling now because I'm just thinking, oh, actually, I wonder if they do. But So that's actually a really good question for me to go and ask them. And I was listening to uh, Brené Brown, Dr. Brené Brown, talking about trust. She has done some research around how we build trust. And I was also listening to Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. And again, I was looking at the trust issues there. So he talks uh, about some um, aircraft crashes that happened. And he talks about trust and he talks about communication. And the levels of communication and subordinates and superiors and how that might affect that relationship and why some of the crashes were caused and I was thinking gosh that's really interesting that how do we actually how do you know
when you have trust? And how do you actually get it in the first place? And why is it really important to have trust? So I think, for me, I believe that it's really important to have trust because I can remember people breaking my trust and how that made me feel, and I can remember what it feels like. I know what it feels like now to be in a relationship where I have complete trust with the other person and that you can share everything without being judged and it makes you feel comfortable and secure knowing that person won't let you down, that they won't go and talk about you behind your back, that they will share in your experience. I'm lucky I have some amazing friends in my life that that I trust impeccably and I can I don't have to see them every day or every week or even every month but I can pick up the phone at any stage and have a conversation with them and know that they will always be there for me because I trust them with that as a police officer I worked with colleagues who I trusted my life with literally I trusted my life with them I remember an instant when I was working in Woolworth where a guy had a, a huge knife and came at me and my colleague and I remember my colleague taking him to the floor and disarming him and 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 I said to him at the end of the day and it sounds weird now saying it back but I said to him at the end of the day thank you for saving my life because I genuinely believe that's what he did at that stage on that day and I'm very grateful for that for, that he was able to do that and I tr and you work with people in that sort of close proximity and you, you do trust people with your life as a negotiator when you're working with a team you trust them but to help you save somebody else's life to be in that moment with you and sometimes you're working with complete strangers and the common bond is that you're both negotiators but you have that bond and you work well and together to save somebody and you trust in the other person's ability because they've gone through the same training as you. I'm sure it must be the, the same in the army. I know it was in the firearms unit that you would trust the other person. And there's, there will be some people, of course, that you trust more than others that you would prefer to work with because you feel that you know them better, perhaps. And as we get to know people better, you form that trust. But how do we actually form that trust? And how do you form trust in quick time? And how as a leader do you form that trust? Or as a parent or a step-parent? to be able to, you know, have those relationships that are so important whereby people will talk to you. And I think Brené Brown probably has summed this up pretty well. I know she's done a mnemonic. I'm not going to borrow that mnemonic, but there was a couple of things that really stood out for me. And one was consistency, that you're consistent all the time, that you, so people know what they're going to get with you. Now, I, I have worked for people before where they haven't been consistent and I haven't known what character is going to turn off on one day. One day they will be very kind and happy to you and smiley and the next day they'll be really grumpy. Or they'll say one thing and then do another thing and it, that inconsistent behaviour or that incongruent behaviour whereby the actions don't match the words can leave you feeling confused and unsure about what you should do as an employee when your leader is behaving in a different way. It's the same as a parent. I remember Megan having a conversation with us about alcohol and saying, you know, something about you behave differently when you when you drink. Not not necessarily me. I'm not talking to, but just me but about people in general. And and it's true. I, I think uh, as adults, when we're setting an example, we're very very hypocritical. Um, I also think that politicians are hypocritical in the language that they use, and there's a breakdown in trust there. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But when we have alcohol, it changes your persona quite often. And you might behave in a different way that you wouldn't normally behave. And kids see this. So when you then tell the kid, 
about not doing or doing something, your, your words are incongruent with the behaviour that they have already witnessed. And it's also about the language that you use. If you tell kids not to swear and then you swear automatically, there's that incongruency. And no wonder kids get confused and no wonder they use language that we're like, well, don't use that language. Well, actually, you used it yesterday, so why wouldn't I use it today? Now, I'm saying that to prove a point. I'm not trying to, you know, be provocative, or maybe I am a little bit, but I, I feel, as a society, sometimes we're very hypocritical in the fact that we, we say and talk in a way and then our actions don't display that so it's about being consistent now i i said about politicians i'm not going to go into politics at all but i'm going to talk about people and the impact of words and behavior that that has on others and how that affects trust so if you take brexit for example so whatever you believe about brexit it doesn't matter but the behavior that is coming now from those leading the country and even just in the conversations that you listen to and how people overtalk each other, how they're rude to each other, how they mistreat each other. And then those people are setting an example to the rest of the generation. So how, how do you then expect to have the trust of people when your behavior is very different? And that's not, that's not me saying, you know, we've messed up or anything like that at all. It's just a factual observation is I, f- I believe that when you televise regularly a programme in the Commons and you see adults who are our leaders behaving in a way that you would ask children not to behave in, I think it's time to ask some questions about that. It's time to ask those questions around how do, how do we teach? How do we, how do we teach and how d- are we supposed to get the trust of our children in behaving in a different way and using communication and kindness and respect when actually as, as adults we don't show that and we don't show that kindness and respect. I recently circulated a, um, an image, a quote, which talks about, you know, listen so that people will speak and speak so that people feel heard or feel listened to. And somebody has challenged that, quite rightly so, and said, is that possible? Should you be able to do that? And my answer to that genuinely is yes, because you don't have to be aggressive or emotional to get your point across. You can be assertive and direct, but you can always be kind and respectful to the other person. You can always respect that other person's point of view, because we are all entitled, I believe, to have our own point of view. And that's what generates great conversation, and that's what generates an amazing world and amazing friendships, by the fact that we have that. But it's that respect and kindness that I sometimes think that we miss and when you do treat people like that and you do listen to other people's side and their conversation without judgment that's when you build those relationships that's how you start to win the trust so it's that consistency and congru- con- I can't even save the word now being congruent with what you say and what you do and it's also about following through on what you'll say you'll do so if you say that you're going to visit people or turn up at a specific time or you're going to get something done then follow that through and that will build the trust. If you say it and then don't do it, then again, each time it will chip away at the trust. And the, the trust might be there. So parents, parents, when we say that we are going to do something for our kids, if we don't do it, they remember. Okay, And then if we do the same thing and we don't do it, they remember. If we're consistently late when we say we're going to be on time, they remember. And so then when we try to instill values and beliefs around being respectful, being on time, 
they've got that comparison of our behavior against now what we're saying in the future. And it's hard then to work out which area they should trust. And we're the same. And we accept, sometimes we accept some of our, our friends. I have a great friend who never returns my calls or I very rarely see or is always late. And yet we have a great relationship because I know that that is the way that she is. It doesn't mean that I trust her less because I've got to know her, but I'm just mindful of if she says she's going to be somewhere at a specific time, I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> and that uh, I'll either end up waiting around. And as long as you accept that, then that's fine. Do I trust her to be there? Then no, not in that area of life. I don't. Do I trust her, her as a friend? Absolutely. Of course, and I know that she would always be there if I needed to pick up the phone and have that conversation. So it's interesting how we different have different levels of trust with different people. You know, those people that we'll go to and speak to, but those people that we'll know will maybe let us down, and I use that in inverted commas, and, and not as an emotional thing, but who won't arrive on time, who won't be there. So that's how we build our trust and our relationships. And why is it so important? Because you can't, you can't influence change. You can't expect somebody to listen or perhaps recognize that there is a different way or a better way now i you know i'm a great believer in communication skills i have a real passion for it i really believe that through listening and through being in the moment especially through being present with somebody in conversation and i'll always mention that that if you can be 100 percent present with somebody else the difference that you can make for that 5 10 15 minutes is amazing if you can do it for a few hours especially when somebody is in crisis the impact that will have will be amazing as well now i'm not saying that you will necessarily always change somebody's opinion about doing or not doing something i'm not saying that at all but actually being there for them is so powerful and so impactive that you can't when you do that that's when you build the trust but then you can't influence somebody if you don't have that trust. So if you don't trust what I'm saying in these podcasts that I give to you, you, you are less likely to take action. You're less likely to try new things. You're less likely to look at your own behavior and go, well, actually, do I do that or do I not do that? If you trust me and you trust what I'm saying in these podcasts, then you, you will do that. And if you can relate to some of the things that I say, then you'll also be able to do that. And we're all the same. I'm exactly the same. There are so I'm influenced by, you know, I've talked about Brené Brown, um, Malcolm Gladwell. I often talk about Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Rob Moore is another one. Um, Dan Bradman, my coach, Kevin. I'm influenced by these sorts of people and also by my friends because I trust them. And I remember having my first coaching session with, with Kevin. I I'm can be sometimes a little bit... Um, skeptical about these things I, i'm not skeptical about the process of coaching i know coaching works i think it's a phenomenal tool that most people should use whether that's you using your friends for coaching or, or a professional coach i personally my personal belief because i've seen the results in my life and the results in other people's lives is it's a great tool and i remember having my first coaching session with kevin and before we had it i was like well actually why are you a coach what are you doing are you a good coach at the end of it, I didn't need to ask those questions. I didn't need to look up because he said, do you want to know more about me? And I, I actually said to him, no, I don't. Because the coaching session I've just had with you, I trust you. And we'd built that trust up within an hour's conversation. So you can, you can do it quite quickly if you have the right skills. And what he did was just listen to me without judgment. 
and asked me specific questions and guided me in a particular area to help me work out a problem. And so I trust him in that. But it is that consistency. If I was to have another coaching call with him and he was disinterested and he was rude or he sounded to me like he was doing something else, then that trust would be chipped away. So don't think once you've got it, you'll always have it because you won't. You have to continually and consistently manage that and display the same behaviours. So think about the people that you trust most in your life. Why is that? What sort of relationship do you have with them? Has it been built up over time or is it a short-term relationship? Perhaps you have a coach or a counsellor or a teacher, somebody that you trust impeccably and you go to them because you know that they won't judge you and because they listen. And then just try to work out what is it exactly that they're doing. Is it the consistency? Is that, rela- that in that relationship? Is it the fact that they show up when they say they'll show up or they'll do something when they say they'll do something and they do that regularly and they've never let you down and think about when you have had your trust broken as well and what that actually feels like you know I do do an exercise regularly when I ask people to throw some words out about how they feel or how they felt when people have broken their trust and when they throw the words out they're really negative they're not necessarily negative words but the way that they say them is in in a negative context like betrayed, disappointed, angry, frustrated. So every time we let somebody down or we break somebody's trust, that's how people feel about us. So trust is incredibly important. It it takes time to get there. You have to work at trust. It's not just something that once you've got it, it will stay forever because it doesn't. And if you look at many relationships break down, whether at work or in the home life, family life, because something has happened to break that trust lovely right i hope you've enjoyed today's podcast i look forward to speaking to you again soon have a great week in whatever you're doing and please don't hesitate to get in contact with me if i can help you in any other way take care and have a great day hey everybody nikki again hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me you can find me on social media at nikki comms coach at twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review, and I look forward to speaking to you soon.